The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Joanne Mercier. Hey, Joanne. Happy New Year, Dom. <laughs> Happy New Year, yes. And Father Corey Stika. Hey, Father Corey. How's it going? I guess Happy New Year's. This will be the first time on here for... No, I guess the second time. Never second mind. time for you. First <laughs> time for Joanne. Yeah, Joanne missed, uh, missed out in January. But uh, she's back with us for February as we start the month. Rabbit, rabbit. So, folks, we yeah. should... <laughs> rabbit, rabbit. <laughs> yeah, superstition. Uh, so, uh, I wanted, before we get started, tell you about another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy called The Catholics of Oz. See a unique Catholic perspective from our friends down in Australia at The Catholics of Oz. You can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Oz, or as they say, OZ. So let's get right into our topic today. You know, one of the things that has happened in the past few years is there are many, many more people working from home than before. And a lot of jobs, when they hire people, hire people specifically to work from home. And that has caused a rise in, although it's not nothing new, a rise in job scams, employment scams. And so we want to talk a little bit about what's going on with that and ways that you can avoid it using tech and your, you know, because a lot of job searching and job interviewing and all that sort of stuff now takes place online through computer via apps and all that sort of thing. So uh, I want to start off with a article from the wall street journal. We'll have a link in the show notes where you can read this um, that says uh, basically covers laid off workers are flooded with fake job offers. And it it focuses on tech workers. It says tech workers are particularly susceptible because they have high salaries. There's a lot of layoffs in the tech industry right now. And there's a, lo- a lot of them tend to work from home. And that makes them somewhat vulnerable to these scams. And some of the, the information in this is pretty wild. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it talks about how LinkedIn, which is a one of the major sites for job uh, listings, said it stopped more than 20 million fake accounts in the first half of 2022. Wow. Wow. That's <laughs> up from 15 million in the same period of the year before and restricted 200,000 more in response to complaints from users of the site. So these are ones that got through. These are in addition to the 20 million fake ones, hmm. 200,000 more that got online and was started trying to scam people. Indeed.com said it removes tens of millions of job listings every month that don't meet its quality guidelines. So this is a this is a big problem. And it's and it's, you know, when you're unemployed, you're often worried about being able to pay bills Mm -hmm. and keep a roof over your head. And I think you're more likely to dismiss the warning signs or even stay quiet in an interview in order to get the job, you know, and I think that makes you more susceptible. So before we get into things that people can do to avoid these scams, what did you, what do you think of what's going on up front? I, I didn't really know this was a problem. 
yeah. to the extent that it is to the extent that it is i had to ask my husband because he does this type of thing he hires people and he said oh yeah he said this is this has been running rampant now for a couple of years because in the catholic world there's what one place to go and find jobs and that's called catholicjobs.com yeah. right right that's it so if somebody made a fake site for that good luck um but it's just foreign to me because yeah. of the the world that i live in and the, and the way i get hired it's right. just very very different but this is disconcerting because these people are in good faith looking for a job yeah. yes you know, and they can't get it. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the or thing. Worse. Yeah. Well, and, I, and I've been out of the job market for 20 years, obviously, <laughs> you know, since I went to seminary and the, the, the way you interview has changed so much in that time where I, you know, I still remember having to go and do the drive over across the other side of St. Louis, Missouri to interview with, in, you know, a company office to become a contractor to this major corporation type of deal. You know, like a lot of people did when you're starting out in tech, and they still do to this day. You know, yep. those who are in tech, you oftentimes are not going to get hired by Microsoft or Boeing directly. You're going to get hired by a contracting company that is then going to put you in their office, in the Microsoft office, the Boeing office. And then eventually they may decide to onboard you to the major corporation. Right. You know, so having these smaller companies that are relatively unknown interview you for a major position is not that uncommon but yeah what is obviously the, the challenge is is this company you're, you're interviewing with really a, a real deal or is it a scam and that's right. the thing that people need to watch out for we talked I, I couldn't find it i was looking through my archives but i couldn't find out when we talked about this but we talked a while ago on the on this podcast about this british company that was entirely fake hiring web mm. designers and graphic designers and had all these people on staff that were just like right. it was an entirely fake company and these people ended up getting scammed out of their paychecks. Mm. Yeah, I think it was, it was a, I think it was a headline that you and I talked about, Joanne. Yeah, I think so. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was the three of us that talked about yeah. it. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and I mean, it was, it was, it was really elaborate and that's part of the problem. And this is kind of showing it a lot of these companies, these, these, these scammers are not even companies. They're, they're probably like one or two guys in a basement somewhere type of deal. <laughs> right. True. You know, or, or I hate to say it, a foreign country. Yes. You know, there's a lot of that, um, that they, it doesn't cost that much to put up a decent looking website and to, to set up a, you know, LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter. Mm -hmm. And so you got to dig a little deeper to see if these guys are for real. And I would think once you get into the process, yes, they are going to ask you for information, mm -hmm. you know, f to fill out the forms. Very commonly. So the common scams are they either want you to pay for something like, oh, you know, you need to buy your own computer and things and they will reimburse you. That's mm -hmm. that's one scam is they want you to 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 buy stuff. Um, but the other scam, which which is weird, like when have you ever worked for a company that made you buy your own equipment to do work? Right. And the the uh, well, well, the Catholic Church that's pretty common. Actually. Yeah, I, mean, I was just going to say, <laughs> welcome to my world. In, all, in yeah. all the in all the churches I've worked, you know, that whether it's the diocese or at the parish, I've I've always been provided a computer, but I've never had to buy my own computer and get reimbursed. But I suppose maybe that's that well. Depends. And immediately, I I would do it because the computer that'd be handed down to the pastor is ten years.
years old and on its last leg. So. <laughs> right, right. And, and I've done it because I'm a Mac user and no one else. I mean, you give me a Windows and I'll be going, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. Although, Father Quay, as a pastor, you're the boss. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not getting scammed. Yeah. You're not getting, see how far that goes when you, you tell the pastor, says, I want to spend $1,000 on a decent computer. <laughs> right. But, but you're not getting hired by a parish uh, that you're not aware of. Right. So uh, the other thing that they do is they, they, they right off the bat ask you for sensitive, personal sensitive information, you know, your bank account numbers. And there was in the article that someone, they had uh, an interviewer ask them for their bank account num- information so they could verify something, you know, something about you that, yeah, that sort of stuff is, is definitely a scam. Yeah, see, and that's dumb because you only give the bank information if you're going to have your paycheck deposited exactly. to your bank account. Which so that's mm, way later in the process, right? That's mm-hmm. that, but even then, you could you could get scammed to that part of the process, right? True. Oh, you're hired now. Here's the pay- yeah. onboarding paperwork right. and that sort of stuff. And because for a lot of these jobs, you don't have to physically go to an office. You you get hired yeah. remotely, and that's the the trouble. Um, so. We had this article talks to someone from the uh, the uh, federal um, what's it called again the consumer federal trade commission I think it is yep um, and she gives some advice uh, research potential employers thoroughly scour corporate websites the social media profiles of these companies online reviews to make sure a company is what it claims to be look for misspellings and other irregularities you know. Uh, mistakes in the logo, for example, um, or a salary range or job offer that appears too good to be true. And one of the things like to talk about is um, getting the, the job qualifications could basically be filled by anyone. <laughs> and yet there's this really huge salary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, those sorts of things are red flags. Um, but, you know, the looking for irregularities and mistakes that used to be fairly, you know, common. But these people are getting more sophisticated and they know that they have to be better at this and be mm-hmm. look legit. And that's tricky. Well, I'm thinking here, especially in, in this article where one of the per- people who got scammed said that the interview took place on an instant messenger platform. Right. Immediately, yeah. I would be like uh, Zoom or <laughs> FaceTime or nothing. Exactly. Right. Right. Yep. Like Microsoft Teams or Zoom, mm-hmm. some major platform. That has an account that appears to be from a big com- the companies. Mm-hmm. If if a guy if a recruiter is emailing you from a Gmail account, right or Hotmail, well, even worse. That that's can be a can be a red can be a red flag. It's not a definitive, mm-hmm. but yeah. well, but if you're if you're setting up a, a website and assuming you're buying a domain, then it doesn't cost all that much to get an email service with that domain. You know, especially right. if you've only got one or two emails. So that's 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 kind of the things you got to look for, though, is, yeah, is it so-and-so one, two, three, four at Gmail dot com or is it so-and-so at website? Right. You know, at domain. And if it's a big corporation like IBM or Microsoft or whatever, if they're if their email is not at IBM or at Microsoft yeah. like, and it's at Gmail, that's a red flag. If the website is some weird a uh, variation like Microsoft dash soft, Microsoft dash soft dot com or mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Uh, that was another one they pointed out. So you got to re- be you wise, clever. Yeah. Uh, 
one, one thing I don't know if people realize too is you can look up the employer ID numbers for any mm. corporation. They are publicly available. And so if you're being hired, if there's some company, you know, software specialist incorporated from this address, you know, you can go and look that up and say, does this company actually exist? I found right. one. Now, I'm not vouching for the, the, the validity of this website, but it's EINTaxID.com. I forgot to put it in the notes. Sorry, Dom. But um, my, my question, Father, is can you just um, Google that? Would, would a Google search, a quick Google search help in that regard as well, too? Well, I, I, no, you, you can't. At least I wasn't able to. Okay. But I mean, if you, but you can go find, there are sites out there. So you could go verify. You could check two or All three right. of these sites that, you know, make sure they match. And if this is a scam company, it's not going to have a tax ID number. Right. Right. It's, you know, and that would be your first red flag of, oh, you know, software specialist incorporated from Virginia is trying to hire me. But yet the IRS doesn't know anything about a software specialist incorporated in Virginia. And by the way, I don't know if there is a software specialist incorporated in Virginia. <laughs> That's just a Disclaimer. name I made up off the top of my head. Yes. But, you know, that, that, that would be a good way to do it, you know, is when you're on the interview, say, you know, because if you're doing it remotely, you could be sitting there checking things out during the interview. And you could say, well, what's, what's your mailing address I, you know, in case I need to send something to you? Right. What's, what's, your, what's your phone? You know, and if you do look it up, you'll likely have the phone number that'll come back. Then you can call the company back and say, hey, I talked to this person. Do they work for you? Right. Right. Exactly. I was looking on the IRS website to see if you could search for uh, EINs, the employee ID numbers, but I didn't I didn't see where if that they had a search. That would have been nice to go right to the source. Um, yeah. So we'll have to make sure we find a good a good reliable source for for looking that up. But yeah. but that's something to think about, because, like, you know, you, the one I was looking at, like I said, I can't justify that this is a good website or whatever, but, you know, you can go and you can click on a company or you can enter in the, 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 the name of the company and it will search and it'll show you all the companies with that name, you mm -hmm. know? And That's so if nothing else, it's just another way to do due diligence. You know, you're not yep. trying to do anything legal with them. You're just trying to see that does this company actually exist? And frankly, a, a legitimate recruiter or HR professional will welcome and probably think highly of you for doing some due diligence and verifying their information. You know, exactly. um, can you give me what the, the companies you can ask right up front? Could you give me the company's EIN and uh, other information so I can just make sure that I've got to verified and that we're on the up and up or, I mean, you yep. could, you know, uh, do you want to work for a company that's, that's hiding that sort of information from you? I'm not sure you do. <laughs> they have to give you your EIN, their EIN anyways, when you mm -hmm. get your W2. So, right. Right. So a uh, couple other pieces of advice that were in the article that uh, if you're looking for a job, you should rarely, probably never share sensitive personal information on a site that isn't encrypted. In other words, mm -hmm. don't enter information into an email, you know, your social security number, bank account numbers, anything like that in an email or anything that isn't a secure form that doesn't guarantee mm -hmm. that that secure form isn't been put up by a bad guy, but that's just a, a low bar uh, thing. Also, um, like we said before, you should never cover work expenses out of pocket before getting your first paycheck. Mm -hmm. Right. If they're, if they're paying you, then you're going to, then, you know, it's a bad scam if they're going to actually pay yeah. you. <laughs> so, um, so the, yeah, uh, the, the federal trade commission has a website 
of on job scams. And they talk for about some of the uh, most common ones, uh, a lot of work from home scams, reshipping mm-hmm. scams where they ask you to repackage stuff and ship it to another address. That's a scam. I was going to say, why? That that's <laughs> They are usually things being purchased with a stolen credit card. Oh, okay. So that when the credit card company and the police trace the, where, who bought it, it traces to you, and then you've mm-hmm. shipped it usually overseas to mm-hmm. an, an, a, a some sort of PO box somewhere that yep. you know at a you know a one of those you know box PO box UPS store or something like that. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. what I'm struggling to say, and uh, mailboxes, etc., whatever, and then the the trail dies there. They've closed the box and moved on to another one. Now, so, one caveat on this: there are legitimate reshipper companies in other countries. Like, if you want, I know, like Japan's a big one. If you want to order electronics from Japan, you can't just send it to the United States. They're right. because of trade laws and things like that. So you actually have to go through these reshipping companies that they accept the order from Japan and package them together and reship them. This but, is legitimate services, but these are companies. These are not in your house doing this repackaging. Right, right. It goes to a warehouse where this is done. Right. No one, no legitimate company is going to hire you to do this at your home. Um, right. an, another one of the scams is uh, reselling merchandise scams. So someone tells you, you know, um, you can buy luxury brand name goods uh, for less than retail, and then you'll be able to sell those for a profit, like on eBay or on a flea market or whatever. But, you need to buy the products from them so you can resell it. And then you buy it and either you never get your, the goods or it's, you mm-hmm. know, cheap knockoffs and you're out all that money. So that's one. That's oh, gee, I'm glad I was in Tupperware early. <laughs> but <laughs> Tupperware, you're dealing with an individual face to face in a company, right? In the- well, not anymore. Now I've heard that Tupperware now is a lot is done online. Okay. Hmm. I mean, they used to have the parties and the whole nine yards, but See, in reading all of this, I was just amazed at how many different types of what seemed to me like sketchy jobs right. people mm-hmm. are going after. Yes. And I'm like, is it that bad? Although they're saying there's no workers for other things. Why are people doing this instead of other I jobs? Think, I think for a long time, it's because people I hate to say human nature is these are easy, you know, get rich quick sort mm-hmm. of jobs. These are okay. jobs right. where you can make a lot of money and, because we've heard all these tales of, oh, the that person started a business selling stuff they bought at yard sales on eBay and became and yeah. they have they make ten thousand dollars a month reselling stuff on eBay for like the, three hours a day or whatever. It's like the house flippers. Yeah, but that was like 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. they're still doing it, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the house flippers. Everybody wants to be a house flipper because they watch HGTV where they do right. it. You know, it's that kind of thing. But it's and it, when we're talking too about some of these jobs where they're the work from home, like online jobs and things like that. You know, yeah, you're not doing the uh, resale or whatever, but there's still the same tricks are being done. Right. The same routine, you know, the, the same issues are are problems of, oh, yes, you're, you know, it, how long was there the the job advertisements for the type things up from home. Yes. <laughs> right. You know, they send yeah. you a stack of papers. You're supposed to type them up, you yeah. know, stuff like that. Also, I, I should point out there are legitimate reasons for wanting one of these jobs work from home a few hours a day. I mean, there are work from, you know, there are stay at home moms or dads mm-hmm. or other people who are, you know, maybe disabled and who need a 
part-time job that doesn't require a lot of outside work or, you know, a few hours a day. And they're looking for that sort of thing. So that is, that's legitimate as well. So I, I don't want to disparage that and say it's all lazy people, but, but people are being taken advantage of. Another common one is the, uh, the job they send you a check that oh, yeah. so you get the check, uh, then you cash it, and it's supposed to send part of the money on, and you keep part of the money. And it turns out that the check bounces, and that comes back on your bank account. So what well, you've done is you've just sent that portion of the money away, and now you're on the hook for the money that that you sent away. And and part of that too is called money laundering. Right. Yes, yes, <laughs> and some of these are been indeed part of big you know, organized crime rings that are, that are running these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, job placement uh, scams, like their staffing agencies, you will, you should never have to pay to have someone help you find a job. Those companies should be paid by the companies that hire them to find employees. You should not have to pay a, mm-hmm. a staffing agency or a job search agency. And the same thing with like government and and postal service jobs where you, you know, um, pay us a fee and we'll help you take the civil service exam that, you know, no, I mean, you could pay (laughs) someone to help you take the exam, but frankly, you don't, you know, you, all that stuff, all the information that they're giving you is online for free. You don't need that. So um, just a couple of that's from the um, federal trade commission. And then they, they talk about, do an online search, the same sort of thing. Talk to someone you trust to get their opinion, right, about this. Get a second opinion mm-hmm. on things. Mm-hmm. Don't pay for the promise of a job and never bank on a cleared check. Just because a check has cleared doesn't mean that that's legitimate because it sometimes takes time for the check to bounce and come back on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess P.T. Barnum was right. <laughs> right. Mm. And sometimes we're all... You know, we all could fall for this stuff. I mean, it's hard to sometimes some of these things really look legitimate. Um, I had I just had a I guess it's not a job scam, but I had a scammer hit me yesterday on text. I got a text out of the blue. Hi, from an unknown number. I'm like, who is this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, hi, uh, James. It's Aaron. And I just wrong number. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you're nicer than me. I, I just hit. Block. Yeah. Well, me too. It could it could often be yeah. I mean, I, I know I am nicer than the. I could have just hit block, but then I got like a photo of a pretty young girl, and would you be my friend? And I'm like, that's when I'm like See? block. <laughs> See that that's that, and that's why it's like, you know, I, I got one the other day. It's like, oh, the dress you sent me fits so well, right? <laughs> <laughs> they they truly do not know sometimes who they are sending these out to yeah. and I know that well, they're they're like text blasts or whatever yeah. but I mean some of the ones I get to it's like yeah fine sure but block for, for <laughs> us this is apparent and clear I'm thinking about my kids my teenagers like mm-hmm. they would they would be innocent they may not understand that's why I need to I sit down and I talk to them about these things like look this seems like a regular person or you know yeah, teenage boys, right? They get mm-hmm. a, a pretty a gr- pretty girl who wants to be their friend. It's total catfishing. It's it's some yeah. probably some fat dude in you know Moldova or something. I'm sorry, Moldova. Yeah. I just yeah, picked really. out of the blue, but uh, <laughs> you know, but it's a scam. It's a scammer, and so you got to be you got to be wise. You got to be wise as serpents, right? Is that the, how the saying goes? Innocent um, as doves and wise innocent as serpents. doves and wise as serpents. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. So uh, we're going to have links to several different 
web pages that talk about how to spot job scams, the the warning signs, the red flags, uh, and that will hopefully help folks who are out there. Because I know, I I mean, we have uh, folks in our SQPN community who are doing job searches right now, and you know, I'm, there's a lot of people out there looking for work, and you know, we just mm. don't want people to get to get sucked in and hurt by this sort of stuff. So, if you have any questions about this sort of thing, or if you have any advice for people how to avoid these sorts of scams, or if you've had an experience you want to share, uh, we'd love to hear from folks. You can email us at technology at sqpn.com. So let's uh, move on to our, uh, first I want to thank our patrons, and then we'll move on to headlines. Uh, I'd like to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, this time including Joel S., Kevin S., Linda K., Joseph A., and Matthew N. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give and make a tax-deductible contribution. And, by the way, if you want to see our EIN number, it is at the bottom of our webpage uh, on, on the sqpn.com. So just, just, you know, legitimate sites, legitimate companies, organizations <laughs> do that sort of thing. Actually, I, I did that after a, uh, a donor asked to, to, you know, say, hey, you really should do that. And I said, that's a good idea. We really should have our EIN there for charities as well. That's charities. Mm-hmm should do that. So uh, let's move on to our headlines. So this first headline, we don't usually deal a lot in rumors on the podcast because rumors, there's so many rumors, but I couldn't help it because this is a rumor of a Apple product that I really would, wouldn't mind getting. Uh, so the rumor is uh, Ming-Chi Kuo is a, uh, an analyst who specializes in Apple the Apple company and their products and that sort of thing. And he's, he's got his, uh, he's got his sources deep in the Chinese manufacturing. So he gets mm-hmm. a lot of that information. So he says that he's heard that Apple is going to release a foldable iPad in 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been somewhat contradicted by other people who had known to have sources in Apple's ecosystem, like Mark Gurman of Bloomberg says, you know, we can look forward to OLED's uh, screens on iPads in 2024, but he hasn't heard anything about a foldable. So uh, just wanted to check and especially ask you, Joanne, <laughs> uh, how do you feel about fold a foldable iPad? Something you'd be interested in? Um, I'm a Portuguese woman that gets very <laughs> temperamental <laughs> and very excitable. So I could see just one day going crash and both sides, you know, folding folding it up too fast. (laughs) And that would be the end of my foldable iPad. So no, I, I, I slam covers on my iPad at times when I'm mad. So no, 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 no. I I, I understand my faults and failures. And I, I just can't see, I'm looking at these foldable phones and I'm, and I'm hearing about foldable iPads and I'm like, but folks, you've still got a line in the middle. How do you navigate that line well, in the middle, and 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 if it isn't a line in the middle, and you're using it like a clamshell, then now you're again working with glass on glass. I, I just don't. It's a little bit of it. a divot. Like there's a, dip. a divot. Uh, yeah, there's a little <laughs> okay. dip. I've seen like in the Samsung one that mm-hmm. it's not a there's not a, like a opening, but mm-hmm. it, it's a, it becomes like it's continuous across. But yeah. there is a bit of a little bit of a a divot there that you could probably sense with your fingertip. 
Right. So yeah. if the, this one said it was going to be a 20, they're, they're working on a 20 inch. So I'm saying, okay, so 10 inches. So if you have a 10 inch iPad, what's the, and I don't get it. I, I Well, no, you know, it's, it's 20, 20 inches diagonal. Right. And so you fold it half. It's not going to be 10. I mean, it'll be. It's going to be like a nine. 10 inches to the center point. Right. But it, the, the idea though, is it's going to be, it'd be closer to the size of your, you know, typical chocolate bar phone a very, okay. a very large iphone yeah yeah <laughs> we just fold it in half and it's, I, no, and I, it's, could, I could actually i could actually see this being you know very useful I, I could see myself using it yeah because i have to carry my ipad you know in and out of my car all the mm-hmm. time right when I'm using because i use it for my homilies you know i could see this being a thing now of course you know apple being typical apple let's let android work out all the bugs and we swoop in and make it sound like it's the next greatest well, thing in the world or- no one has ever done it before us Except Samsung that's been doing well, it for the last five years. No one has done it as good as we do. I mean, that's they yeah, came right. in, they came in with the phone and they you know they waited and they they waited, let other companies come in and and do the do in public. Other companies do in public what Apple does in private. Yeah. I'm sure Apple has had foldable iPhones and iPads for as long as Samsung has had foldable phones. They just didn't release them until they get to the point yeah. where they they feel good they, about it. Well, and, and, and Samsung did have some grow, a lot of growing pains with oh, yeah. the, 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 the mm. initial fold. But it sounds like the new ones are very reliable. Yeah, there, there is. Uh, the, is I, I've not played with one. I'd like to. I've never not ever actually held one. But um, it, there is a little bit of a crease where yeah. the that's what's in where it yeah. folds. But it's no, I, I, I could see for myself. This would be great to yeah. be able to fold up the iPad. And then the iPad be well protected. You know, you've got a case. If it's got yes. a case, it'd be well protected. I hate carrying around my iPad just as a big flat slab of glass. Mm-hmm. I had a problem once it's where my, my daughter like was carrying it out to me and uh, I was on the patio and she wanted me to unlock it for her and she just drops it right on the patio and smash. That was it. Goodbye, iPad. Yep. And see, I've ha- I have had that happen before myself, but I'm all, I'm just looking at the maybe it's because I I don't see the same thing you are my husband wants one of those fold- he said why don't they have a fold- foldable iphone yet i said i don't know dear they haven't figured it out or whatever right but it's because they want it more compact but mm-hmm. i'm still thinking the ipad for me is still that device that is both productivity and consumption mm-hmm. and most of the time because of my eyesight i need it large Mm-hmm. The minute I say, if you're folding glass on glass, isn't that going to scratch? Isn't that going to well, have more of a problem of, you know, it's not damaging? Glass. It's not going to be glass well, the same way what we see now. Right. It's, it's a different material. Um, right. So I think it's more of a polymer. It's, it's more like a more yeah. like a pexiglass than it is actual glass. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's 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 what they've been having to figure out, right, is how right. to make it such that it so my I'm fairly confident that once they do come out with it, it's going to have solved all, all those issues that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. OK, yeah, maybe I'm just too excitable. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and just remember, all iPads are foldable. Now, some of them are very difficult to fold mm-hmm. and they won't work anymore. And, they can fold. And yes, yes they can be blended. <laughs> yeah, they can be blended. Yes, they can be blended. <laughs> uh, well, the, other, the last thing to say about it is, is why iPad and not phone? And probably because iPad is a much smaller part of Apple's business than the iPhone. Anything mm-hmm. they do to the I, iPhone impacts is 60% of their sales and tens of millions of people. So they're going to test it out probably with an iPad, maybe an iPad mini even. And yeah. um, and then 
eventually go to the phone. And, and again, iPads are much more awkward to carry than a phone usually is. Yes. So, um, so I, you know, I, I can see it is this will be one optional iPad. Like they said, like a 20 inch release, a brand new 20 inch iPad that folds, but we still yeah. got our regular 10 I, inches and other ones. I'm a know? firm believer that more screen is always better, but mm-hmm. that, you know, having to carry around a giant screen is problematic. So best of both worlds is it unfolds or like, what was it? Gene Roddenberry's uh, had that, Actually, several science fiction shows have had this thing where you unscroll your mm-hmm. phone and you know, it unscrolls and it has a transparent screen and then it scrolls up and it's just a little tube that you stick in your pocket. That's I would love for that to be someday. But uh, until then, foldable yeah. will have to be there. So. Uh, all right. So let's move on to our. So the, that was fun. I just like talking about rumored yep. iPads. Uh, here's <laughs> actually this is fun, too, I think, because uh, the next headline customers react to. McDonald's almost fully automated restaurant. So McDonald's has a Mm. test restaurant in the Fort Worth area that is almost fully automated. That actually has people in the kitchen doing the cooking, but all of the food, uh, you know, the the customer facing operations are all automated. You order via kiosk or via app. You you come up to the drive through and it, you, the food comes out to you on a conveyor belt and or if same thing indoors, if you if you walk in, they, they intend for most of it to be drive through. But if you, if you go inside, there's a, a conveyor belt that comes out there um, and there's been mixed reviews. Some people say, oh, this is terrible. All these jobs that are being lost uh, to automation in McDonald's. All these McDonald's workers are going to lose their jobs. Um, other people say, hey, I love it. It's great. And, um, you know, it 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 removes a friction point of having to talk to people because I'm an introvert and I hate talking to people or, or, you know, I hate people, uh, which is not a good thing. Uh, or uh, mm. some people say, Oh, what if I need more ketchup? How am I going to, you know, talk to someone to get that? What do y'all think? Do you, would you, was this something you would seek out? It was something you would find to be part of the decline of our civilization. <laughs> is it hurting people who need <laughs> minimum wage jobs? What do you think? I think it's inevitable. Um, you know, and, and part of it is, you know, and not to get political, this is just kind of statement of, of reality. As there's all this conversation about raising minimum wage and, you know, $15 minimum wage and everything like that, it's going to affect how much it costs us to buy those McDonald's hamburgers. People still want their $5 value meal. Of course, $5 value meal now is closer to $7. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, but yet they want people to be paid $15 minimum wage. The two do not match. Right. It just, it's, that's a, that's a financial reality. And yes, McDonald's makes billions and billions and billions of dollars. You know, Ronald McDonald is a wealthy man a hundred times over. Right. Mm. But on the local level, the profit that the local McDonald's is going to make isn't going to be able to cover that kind of minimum wage. Right. Right. When it becomes cheaper to uh, install a robot instead of paying someone 15 bucks an hour, they're going to install the robot. Right. And when you only have two or three people in the store at any one time, yeah. you know, two cooks, basically, that right. they cook it and they put it on the conveyor belt. It's not, you know. Yeah. Don't forget this uh, labor shortage, too. We like a lot of these minimum wage uh, jobs aren't being filled, too. That's another. So yeah. this is not people to to be paid fifteen dollars. So that's yeah. too. Yeah. You know, and it, it's because we we talked about with, with jobs. Why don't they all get another job? Well, unfortunately, the jobs are out there, but they are minimum wage or just above minimum wage. Mm. And if you're taking somebody like the 12,000 people that just got fired from Google by random lottery, apparently, or a thousand people from Microsoft, 
they're not going to want to go work McDonald's. And I don't mm. blame them. They right. were making upwards oh, of six figures, and yeah. now they have to make minimum wage. They can't that's survive on a McDonald's work. job. Right. That's right. Yeah. Joanne, what do you think? Um, I think a human or a robot will still screw up my order somehow. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, <laughs> but, you know, I there is a restaurant in my town right now. And in fact, I'm after this recording, I'm going there. Um, and they have one of those robot servers. Uh-huh. Now, you don't order through it, but it brings the food over. I can see where that can be a help. Maybe not in a McDonald's, but I can see where that can be a help in a restaurant situation where if somebody, because I had a sister-in-law who became disabled because she was a waitress and had to lift all those heavy trays all the time Mm. and it it really did a number on her back. So something like this robot, which will carry four trays of food to a table, is a nice idea. Now, McDonald's, a Happy Meal isn't that heavy, but I have to go back and agree with Father Corey, unfortunately, because when you can't find the, the workforce or your, the workforce is pricing out how much profit a company will come in with, then they're going to resort to technology yeah. where they think it'll be cheaper. But I'm not sure. Is it really cheaper when you have to spend X amount of thousands of dollars to buy the robot in the first place? Right. Well, yeah, they and maintain it. You've got accountants who amortize all that out, right? <laughs> they, yeah, feed. that's what they, my husband does. <laughs> yeah, so there is a point at which it makes more sense to buy the robot instead of the uh, the, the the hire the worker, and that's right. I mean, it, you know, from a human centric point of view, I think people the dig, deserve the dignity of work and should be paid accordingly. I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also, you know, didn't mandate that people have horseshoes and. Whip buggy whips in the age of cars. You know what I mean? Like mm. time moves on, jobs change, and maybe this is one of those things, places where jobs are changing, and we need to find mm-hmm. other ways for people to be gainfully employed in a job that gives them dignity. And mm. I, I will say too, I just was reminded, uh, this isn't new. There have been back to the '60s conveyor belt restaurants oh, where yeah. literally you, you put your true. order in and it comes out on the conveyor belt. Or automats. The yes, old I was automats. thinking the automats. Deal. I always wanted to go to an automat. I think there's still one in New York City. My mom used to tell me the stories of, of going to one, you know, which an automat was you go in and there's like this wall of windows, window doors, little mm-hmm. little cabinets. Of and food. You put your, your money in, the door unlocks, and you take out whatever food you want. You want a, you know, a sandwich or a piece of pie or whatever. Um, so that, that was the, the way of the future. I remember that well. <laughs> so it was the, the, the cafeteria on Star Trek Enterprise. Yes, yes. Well, you get cubes of uh, colored goo. So yeah. <laughs> that was, people thought that would be the future of food. Thankfully, it wasn't. Um, mm. Not yet, anyway. So let's move on from uh, so some fun stories to one that is a little creepier. So the headline is a bit sensational. So let me just say that right up front. But there's a deeper story here. So the headline is, and this is from the MIT Technology Review. A Roomba recorded a woman on the toilet. How did screenshots end up on Facebook? Now that's clickbait <laughs> if I ever uh, saw it. Yeah. So what did it, what has actually happened is is uh, Amazon, which owns iRobotics, which own which has the Roomba line of products, uh, they they when they develop new Roombas, they hire people to test them in their home, whether employees or paid beta testers, and these people know that these are development products. And these particular Roombas had cameras on them on purpose. 
um, to uh, for various reasons. And people know there's a sign on them that says video recording in progress. So you know that this this Roomba rolling around your house. So that woman had to know unless she was like a guest or something to the to the to the home um, had to know that this thing was recording. OK, so there's that element of it. But there's a deeper problem, which is and as they go into data, data hungry artificial intelligence machine learning algorithms have been increasingly integrated into all kinds of new technology. And much of this tech uses these large troves of data, including our voices, our faces, the layout of our homes, other personal information to train algorithms to recognize patterns. And so what happens is all this, they suck in all this visual data, these photos and videos, and then that stuff has to be categorized. And so then they send it out to these companies, often in uh, other nations, where they hire people at low wages to basically categorize things. And they, you know, they draw a box, that's a door, that's a drawer, that's a dog, that's a kid, you know, and they have all these, they categorize all this stuff like this. And so these people are seeing all of this information, all of these photos in this case, and then they, these people post the funny, the funny things or the interesting things on private Facebook groups and social media. And that's how this woman's screenshot got on Facebook. Hmm. And anytime you've ever, like Apple does this even where they have, uh, when you're setting up a new phone, say, or a new Mac, um, do you want to use your uh, voice prints, you know, train, uh, allow us to use the recordings to train Mm -hmm. the algorithm? Well, that means that people are probably going to be listening to these. Same thing with Amazon and the Echo, same thing with Google and the Google Home and all these uh, all these other things. Every time you give permission for your data to be used for training purposes, yeah. that's potentially what's going on. So what do you all think? I, th- I think it's absolutely scary sometimes the things we come mm-hmm. up with for autumn for, you know, this is one of the reasons why I've kind of been backed off of home automation and things in my house and because they can be used for, you know, evil as well as good. That being yeah. said, the convenience of these products really at different stages of your life come into play. My husband and I have thought about getting a Roomba mm-hmm. as we get older because it's, you know, yeah. me cleaning mm-hmm. the house every week. And at some point would a Roomba be something that would be, you know, advantageous. And I I keep reading this stuff and I keep going, nope, I'm going to be cleaning my house till I'm 94. Um, no Rosie the Robot to, to no, clean for you? <laughs> now, if we had a Rosie the Robot, that would be fun. But and but but the dog, I mean, the, the Boston robotic dogs scare me. <laughs> you know, th- those things do scare me. Yeah. Um, but I just think that, number one, putting a camera on a Roomba, I understand if you're trying to map, yep. but do you need a camera? Do you right. need something like, you know, like a wise cam like I have in my house yeah. for my dog? Do we need something like that? Because then that poses a problem. It goes everywhere and can do everything, yeah. including hit your bathroom when you don't want it to. So that I mean, and again, who are these dumb people who decided to put these things up on the Internet? Right. Where they right. and it said they did it in 2020, so they must have been bored during the pandemic and had nothing to do. So they kind of threw them up there. Right. Well, these are the people who've been paid to categorize, right? And so they're right. sitting, probably sitting in a cubicle all day, bored out of their mind, mm-hmm. looking at pictures of people's kitchens and categorizing stuff. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And it's and, and again, these were these were as the article said, custom Roombas. These aren't things off right. the market with cameras. These were added for the purpose of whatever data collection. Yeah, data collection. You know, you know, and it's it's of course we talked about the social dilemma hmm. a while you know a couple years or so ago, however long that was. Yeah, but you know, in, in how much data about us is out there, and that these these companies, there are companies they specialize in making a virtual quote-unquote model of you you know a taking all your data and mm. understanding who you are right and all that data and you know they've said it with facebook for years if you're not paying for the service you are the customer you right. are the, the product. product yeah right if you're not paying for the product you are the product yes well, you know and so all this data is collected and all this data is shared and all this data is sold and every once in a while there's an uproar even apple recently got Mm-hmm. Caught with that, if I remember correctly, that they they sold some data to some places that shouldn't have had it. Right. There was and one of the big sources of data that they don't have is all of the interiors of our homes. Right. They know everything about us, the way we use our tech, the sites we go to, the apps we use, but they don't know about the interior of our home. And so that's one of the things these these specially outfitted Roombas are doing. It's not that they want to put these cameras on ones that go on the shelf. It's that while these Roombas are doing their job, they're also saying, what is a, what does a home look like? What is the home of someone who lives in San Francisco look like? What is the home of someone who lives in Paris look like? What is the home of, of a family of four that lives in a suburb of Minneapolis look like? And that's the data they're gathering is what is, you know, more and more data. We need more and more data to feed the machine, to find out more and more and, and craft things for us. And, it's scary because do we really, we've talked about this time and time again, do we really need to have that much personalization and specialization mm. of the products and services they're trying to sell us? It's good for the companies, but is it good for us? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like V'ger to me. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, but also, you know, in home automation, at least I want certain things done. So I want to turn my lights on, turn my, turn my, TV on, do a timer. I'm not into, you know, make, make all the colors of my house change in each room. You know, I, I'm more simple. I don't, I guess maybe the younger generation is a little bit more complicated, but I'm just, I'm simple. I just want these things to work and not invade my because it almost there's almost like a line where they're invading your space rather than mm-hmm. helping you live in your space. Right. Who becomes the servant of whom? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's that's I like uh, Jeff Gearling, of course, who we had on on Secrets of Tech. Yeah. Uh, he's talked a bit about some of these home, you know, locally hosted automated services, automation services where you're not going out to Google. You're not going out to Apple. Mm-hmm. You're not going out to Amazon. It's all locally hosted on a, ser- a server that you set up. Right. Which could be just a Raspberry Pi. Of course, that's his thing mm-hmm. is Raspberry Pi. But yeah. But that way, then when you use these services, you know, turn on my lights and do all these other things, it's all staying within your house. It's mm-hmm. not going out to someone else. The tricky thing is, is that all that stuff is, is beyond most people. It's a techie yeah. sort of thing. Still, yeah. And we need to get companies to develop the stuff and they need somebody used to say, you know, we're going to be the company that is friendly to the consumer and, and provide that, that, well, what was that? Eufy that we, again, we talked about them. That was the supposedly what they were supposed, their big thing. Oh no, we're actually are sending clear data. It wasn't even encrypted. It was clear data to our servers. Right. Right. So, yeah. So the, I mean, I would love to have a Roomba. I would love to have something that 
cleans my floors on a daily basis. We don't have one. A, because they're expensive, and B, because I have five kids and Legos, so... I have one I don't use because it catches every electrical cord on the floor. <laughs> and, and I, I have, have to go dog. through and wire everything up before yeah. I run it, so well, it's not worth it. They're getting better, though, and that's the thing that's amazing is, is how much... I mean, I was reading about how Roomba started. It was in the Boston Globe magazine, Sunday Magazine this week. Roomba started, the first Roombas were over 20 years ago, which is fascinating. Wow. They predate wow. iPhones and, you know, the smartphones oh. and all that sort of stuff. And, but they've progressed so far now and they're so intelligent. Like they have a base station that where they, they dump the stuff into a, a collection basket. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is every once in a while empty that centrally located collection basket and they'll wash the floors for you and they do all this stuff. Yep. And it's, yeah. it's amazing. I love the, I love that idea of it. But there's a cost to everything, and yeah. it's appealing. It's very appealing. Mm-hmm. But I, I still look at it as if I put one in my house, you know, what data is going out? Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. and, and to whom? And there better not be a camera in there. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So uh, the last headline I have is a is kind of a short one. It's just a brief one. If, if anyone out there's uh, still a Google Voice user, I actually have a personal Google Voice account, and I have uh, our StarQuest's phone number is also a Google Voice number. It's very nice. cost effective uh, way of having a phone number, and they've met, uh, Google has announced that Google Voice is getting a new feature where it will it will add a red suspected spam caller warning to calls if they don't think they're legitimate. Now, for a long time, they've had this thing where they will automatically filter calls that they think are spam. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you have to turn that off for this to happen. But for some people, they can't have it automatically filter calls because they get a lot of calls from unknown numbers. Mm. That's a big thing. So um, if you are one of those people, this might be an additional reason to get a Google Voice number um, and and use it like this. Um, the article also talks about how pixels have some some nice features that mm-hmm. probably won't be in the Google Voice. But uh, yes, I I'm actually kind of surprised that Google is still investing in Google Voice, only because they bought it how many ever years ago, and they sat on it for a couple of years. They didn't yeah. they didn't update the app. They didn't do anything. And then also now they're actually kind of starting to work with it again, which is great. Right. Yeah, and of course I've got I've got a Pixel Seven Pro. And so it has this feature. And that is so nice. Just when, you know, someone calls and bright red spam detected, <laughs> ignore. Yeah. Um, or they're going to get rid of it. If they're starting to work on it, does that mean Google's going to get rid of it? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Google fight. That's it. about it. Yeah. No, it, it, I think they, they're actually realizing that Google Voice is something that is a big benefit to them. And I'm, I'm glad to see that. I actually, I had a Google Voice number at one point and just let it roll away. I yeah. just left it. But, um, yeah, this is a nice feature. And some of these other features they talk about from um, where someone can call and I can just hit monitor, you know, or, you know, mm, or answer right. for me and it'll show the message and all that. Yeah, I, I think they probably will eventually bring stuff like that to Google Voice if they're going to do things like this. So this is a great feature. This I, really is. I always give my Google Voice out number to companies, any type of company that I do. Mm-hmm. Work. And um, if I start, if I get a company that's annoying and I don't want them to call me anymore, you can actually mark a, a number as blocked and it will tell them mm-hmm. this number is no longer in service. Like, oh, nice. Yeah. So that, that's a nice feature. I've had a Google voice number since it was Grand Central, which is the company that they got, they bought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you join? And, yeah, me too. Yeah. So I've, I've always, I've always thought this was a great thing. And one of the things, features of Google voice is that it, you can have it ring two numbers. 
So mm-hmm. like if you have two, you know, a husband and wife, for instance, you could bring you both. And so this is kind of our home number. We don't have a landline in our house. So this is, we put, give this out as our home phone number. I'd love to do that with, with Kevin, but he would get totally confused <laughs> and it <laughs> might confuse him because especially with tax season. Um, but no, I, I've kept my Google voice number. I, I, this is about time they've had this because yeah, every yeah. other company has been able to do the scam thing right. except them. And I do the same thing as you, Dom. I get, I put it on forms that, you know, or people want my number online. Okay, fine. You can do the Google voice. Right. Yep. yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, good for Google. Um, a little caveat though, so not paying for it, the mm-hmm. service. So therefore what's Google, what's Google's interest in it? Are they getting data yes. from looking at the call patterns and the voicemails and that sort of stuff? Mm. So yeah. And, and Google does the, the voice to st- Voice to text capability through Google Voice. Well, what are they drawing off of that as yeah, well? So just like Gmail, you know, that sort of thing. So, all right, those are our headlines. Uh, let's move on to our picks of the week. Joanne, what's your pick this week? Well, my pick of the week is a piece is a software app that I stumbled upon, although I've read about it for years because I needed to free up some space on my Mac. Um, I notoriously buy laptops that don't have enough hard drive space. (laughs) So all of a sudden I'm going under a certain amount that I allow myself. And it's like, okay, I need to free up. So this is a product called clean my Mac 10. And it is, it, it, it is, it is like the Swiss army knife. Oh yeah. Of how, of taking care of your computer, because not only will it, clean your computer it does the malware removal it does installing your apps if you don't want to go find how to do that it'll do it for you or uninstall uh, yeah or un- yeah yeah it, that's what i meant yeah <laughs> it's the old age uh it will tell you when your apps need to be updated sometimes before apple does yep so i get all these notifications saying you know, you need that. You need to update this. And it does some really interesting things where it'll point out like these are the largest files you have or these are old files you're not using anymore. Do you still need them? So I've learned how to kind of archive things. And it has helped me, honest to God, free up about 50 gig yep. of space in the last maybe I've had it for about four or five months now. So it's a, a nice little program that does everything it also does a bunch of optimizations like cleans up caches mm-hmm. and uh, runs maintenance tasks that uh, that are built into the system that if you turn off your mac at night it the, a lot of those tasks try to run at night so maybe they don't get run so this will mm-hmm. do a lot of that and it will remind you occasionally yeah a great program but i've also had to learn about those caches yes because i have mm-hmm. to make sure that i'm not getting rid of things that i actually need yeah because <laughs> that's my biggest reason. fear yeah That's my biggest fear that Mm -hmm. I'm going to clean out something that I absolutely need. And this has been pretty good about helping me not do that. And it even makes looks into my mail attachments to see if because I'm notorious for I'll take an attachment, throw it on my my desktop and then forget it's still in my mail. (laughs) Right. Right. So now I have four copies of it somewhere because it's in temporary. It's in mail. It's in it. So it's it's a really great little product. I'm looking for the price right now because I ended up going into the once a year. I'm into the yearly subscriptions now and not the monthly. Yep. Because Mm -hmm. you tend to get a a better deal out of that. 35 bucks for one Mac for a year. 
It's mm-hmm. $90 <laughs> if you want to do a one-time purchase. But you also, the Mac Paws, the company that makes Clear Mac, they're also the company behind SetApp. So if you subscribe to SetApp, you get it for free as part of your right. setup subscription. So, um, and MacPa is a Ukrainian company. So, when you support mm-hmm. MacPa, you support uh, folks in Ukraine. So that uh, which I like. And they're also the people who Gemini who do Gemini two for the duplicates. Yes, that's another great piece of software they mm-hmm. do. So, yeah, I've had uh, clean my Mac for years, and uh, even before I had setup. And it, yeah, it is a very very useful tool for mm-hmm. keeping mm-hmm. your Mac uh, clean and. Uh, working well and uninstalling old things. I, one of the things I love is, is that it will find orphaned files. So if yes. you've uninstalled mm-hmm. a program and it's left preference files or other things laying around, it'll find them and help you clean those up. So yeah, it's really good. Excellent. Well, uh, Father Corey, what's your pick this week? So I'm picking yet another game. You know, I always like, I like to play, especially, you know, cheap or free games, you know, try them out. And, this is kind of the current one I've been playing with. It's called Albion Online, mm. and it's 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 a role playing game. It's a multiplayer online role play playing game, um, and it's it's kind of a similar a, kind of a cross between like World of Warcraft and Diablo. It's got a similar you know the forty five degree up angle like Diablo has, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's it is more role playing like World of Warcraft. It's it's. It's again. It's free to play. Uh, you can you, know, you download the app. You set up an account. Download the app, and you can play. And what's interesting about it is you can really tweak your character. You're not stuck with, you know, kind of the stereotypical. I'm a mage. I'm a warrior. I'm this. I'm that. I do this. You know, it. And you've got all these different you know guilds you join and stuff like that. It's you can be you can be a farming mage where you're a mage who specializes in farming, or you could be a warrior who specializes in harvesting uh metals you know smelting metals and things like that different trades different uh crafts different uh again different jobs and so you can really tweak your character you can customize him how you want him or her how you want um and it's 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 the other thing is it's open it's not like again if you played world of warcraft you know you go from quest to quest to quest to quest to quest to quest to quest right because there's there's always another quest you need to do. There's always, you know, to advance the storyline. This is, you have an intro uh, tutorial, which is a set of quests. And once you're done with that intro tutorial, you have no more quests. Right. Right. So you decide what you want to do and where you want to go and how you do it. And again, if you want to, if you want to develop a trade, you could spend, you know, a day collecting cotton to make cloth or, harvesting copper to make copper bars or building things or you know and of course it's got the store where you can or the 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 market where you can sell what you've made and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so you can really go and you want to be a fighter do you want to be more doing the behind the scenes making the the weapons and the armor and stuff like that it really is very open with all that and it's free now of course it's got the premium mode that it's going to remind you about all the time <laughs> but and that's 15 dollars a month yeah you can pay 15 dollars a month but there are ways that you can raise the money for the premium mode in the game now it's very expensive you're talking like you know a million silver or something like that or you know a thousand gold which you know there's a trade from gold to silver and all that but if you don't want to do that you don't have to it's not going to force you to mm. there are things that you won't be able to do obviously in the app but you can play the game and you can play the game all you want for free. The, so 
nice thing too is that it's available pretty much on every platform: Windows, Mac, Linux, yep. iOS, Android. So, yep, yeah, cool. yeah. You can play it on your phone. You can play it on your iPad. You can. I've got it on Linux. You can. You know. So it, it's nice. It, it it it's fun. It, it's it's interesting. It looks- like I said, it's an interesting game, and it's something that you can do it whatever you want. It's much much closer to kind of the the more tabletop role playing games in that aspect of you can be as creative with it as you want. Yeah. I like the idea that you can do more than just go fighting and you could like mm-hmm. build things and make things. I might check it out. It looks like fun. So my pick this week is a result of uh, some personal traumatic stress I received last <laughs> in 2021. Aww. So oh, yeah. uh, a long time listeners will remember in the fall of 2021 that uh, my family suffered a major leak in our house um. uh, that left us homeless for three months. And um, uh, what I determined was I need to, the leak had been ongoing for a while and I didn't discover it until a lot of damage had been done. So I was looking at some home automation gear that could help with that. And so Acara is a really nice home automation provider. They have a bunch of different products. And what do they have is a water leak sensor. It's very simple. You put this little puck that's the size of maybe bigger than a silver dollar. And uh, you just put it somewhere where you don't want water to be. <laughs> and uh, it, you set it up in the Akara app. It shows up in the HomeKit. It's, it's supported by HomeKit. It shows up in the HomeKit Home app. And um, you do need a, a, a hub, an Akara hub for it to work. But then, you know, when it detects water, and the thing is, is it's it detects water by it's got contacts on the bottom. So it has to be sitting flat on a surface and the water has to go on that surface for it to trigger, but it will send you a warning an alarm. And um, if you have another device, like maybe the, the, you can buy actually um, water shutoff valves that are home kit enabled, mm-hmm. you could set up an automation that when it detects water in a place it shouldn't be, it turns off the water in your house. So if you're like, you're away on vacation, say, um, and you're and it goes off. You don't have to frantically try to find someone to go to your house and turn off the water. It'll turn it off right away. Um, so uh, they're really nice. Uh, I have one under my kitchen sink, under my bathroom sink, and by the hot water heater. The you know in my house. Um, also and also by the um, water meter that comes in, as it comes into the house from the the city water. And uh, no no alarms yet. <laughs> I, st- I still live in fear of it but and it works with the home app the apple home app it does you set it up in the um in the akara app but mm-hmm. then uh it does work with the home app so you when i lo- open up my um uh, home app i look under the sensors section i see them listed there and they will tell oh, wow. me you know whether and they can send me i have it set to send me an alarm um uh, if if it detects water and then I will go immediately check it out. So, um, yeah. And there, see, there's a 15% coupon right now on it uh, on Amazon, but they uh, they sell for about 19 bucks each. Wow. So. These are these are very inexpensive and very. Yes. Ooh, I'm going to look into this. Akara in general is I find to be less expensive than a lot of other um, home automation stuff out there. Um, I also would. I also have the Acara um, window and door sensors. They're basically basically a poor man's alarm system. Um, that will be a future pick, and I'll talk about that at length then. But, uh, yeah, that's my pick this week. And I was just, just looking for those of us who use Google. They are supported by Google as well. Right, right. 
Yes, um, there's a there's an Android app for it as well too. So you don't even well, need to, Google Home. Yeah, Google Home as well. So right, but uh, you don't even need to have like you don't need to need to use it through HomeKit or Google Home or mm-hmm. Echo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also if you just if you just want to use it independently using their apps too. So that's good too. Excellent. So uh, that should do it for this time. We would love to hear what you think of anything we talked about today. You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the StarQuest Facebook page, facebook.com slash StarQuest Media. Send an email to technology at sqpn.com. Visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. And you can find links from our discussion and our picks of the week on our show notes on starquest.fm slash TEC198, Tech198. Write a review in Apple Podcasts or any of the podcast directors will let you do so or share the podcast with your friends. That helps us grow our community and reach more listeners. That's the number one way we grow our our show. Uh, So we really do appreciate that. We'd like to thank James for his research assistance in this episode. And until next time, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of technology. Thank you, Dom. Joanne Mercier, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. <laughs>